Show is excellent. All I 
chance to talk to our God and tell him how much he means to us. We serve a God that knows us by name. What an amazing thing that is. We're not some, he's not some abstract figure, but he knows us personally and wants to know us personally. And he knows where you are and he knows you by your name. That's the God we serve. That's our father. That's Father God. So be encouraged this morning. I don't know if you know your natural father, if they have passed, but know that you have a father of all fathers, the father above, amen? And he knows where you are and he seeks to, to bring you closer to him. He seeks to know you better, to know you more, for us to know him more. So as we sing this song, be encouraged. We have a maker and he knows our hearts. And before time even began, our life was in his hands. I have a maker. He formed my heart. And before even time began, my life was in his hands he knows my
heavenly Father knows your name. He knows your every call. He knows every tear that you shed. And this morning being Father's Day, your earthly father may not know all these things about you, but our heavenly father. And we have that in common. Not that he knows some of us needs and doesn't know the others. He knows all of us, every need that we would have. So this morning we go into that father who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that you can ever ask or think this morning. So in your quiet moment, you can make your seat an altar, talk to your heavenly father, and he knows your every need. Heavenly Father, we come this morning. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. We come in no other name but the name of Jesus. Lord, we lift up the fathers in the midst today. Father, we lift up first our spiritual father of this house. We thank you, Lord, for blessing us with him. We thank you for your mercies that endures forever around him. God, for other fathers in this congregation, this local body, we ask you this morning that you'll continue to meet their every need. You know their hearts cry this morning. And so we agree with them that you hear and you will answer. Father, we bring the fathers around the nation to you. Father, you know some of them are in situations this morning. They're not able to be with their children. Father, you know this morning their every cry. We ask you that you'll send comfort. We ask that you'll give grace this morning. And Father, we ask that truly the ones who have lost their fathers, for whatever reasons, we ask, oh God, to remind them that you are a father to the fatherless. And God, we ask that you'll minister to their every need. Comfort those that are in need comfort today. Lord God, we come before you. And we lift up this nation. We ask you, God, for our leaders of this nation. We pray that you'll speak to their heart. Father, we ask that you'll first convict them of sin and of righteousness and your coming judgment. They need a Savior. They need a Heavenly Father. May they realize that they do have one. And so we ask you this morning that you'll minister. Give them direction. May they call unto you. And when you send godly advisors their way, may they be accepting and to hear what you have to say to them. We ask that you lead and direct. We ask for restoration in this nation. We ask for oneness. We ask for togetherness. God, we ask let nothing have to show them that they need oneness, but they will understand and know that they need oneness for the common good of the people and for this nation. Lord, we thank you for your mercies. We ask for our local community around. We ask for the leaders here in this community. We ask, God, that there'll be men and women of integrity and to walk upright to do your will. God, we commit them into your hands this morning. We ask, oh God Almighty, that there'll be men and women of righteousness and live in holy lives and to do good for your glory. Father, we ask today for the rest of the service everything that will be said and done in this midst, that you would be glorified. May we lift you high because your heavenly Father, oh God, this morning we commend the rest of this service into your hands. We thank you for your mercies. Remember those that are sick in body. We pray that you will touch 
and minister healing to that one. For the ones watching by the World Wide Web, for whatever reason they're absent, we pray that you'll be with them in a special way. And Lord God, we ask today that you would be glorified when it is all said and done. In Jesus' name we pray. And God's people say, Amen. You may be seated. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. 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 It's good to be in the house of the Lord one more time. Amen. Man, and I salute you, man. Happy Father's Day. Woohoo! Salute the man. It's their day. All right, ladies, we had our day. It's the men's day. Happy Father's Day to all the fathers in our midst and those watching by the World Wide Web. We salute you here. And of course, later on, you'll see what, you know, the ladies can do good stuff, right? We have good stuff done for you men this morning. Amen? At this time, we want to welcome our first-time guest. Is there any first-time guests in our midst? Would you just stand? And we're not going to ask you to speak. We just wanted to welcome you in a special way. Any first-time guest in our midst? Please stand. No first-timers? Any second-timers? No second-timers? Any third-timers? Thank you, ma'am, for coming. The Lord bless you, and the usher will give you a card, and on there you can write a prayer request, or on there if you have any interest in any of our ministries, you can check it off, and somebody will give you a call. We thank you for coming again. Give her a living word, open Bible welcome again. Thank you for coming back. God bless you. And the rest of us are old-timers, amen? That means we're not inviting people, so I guess we need to really get on it and start inviting. We didn't invite any father this morning. Oh, wow. Okay, we need to do that differently next time. Amen? Amen. At this time, we'll have breaking news for you. Good morning, church. Happy, Happy Father's Day. Day. I'm Carrie Ann. And I'm Danelle, reporting to you live from LWOBC Studios. First topic on the table, you can... That's right. Camp this year will be held at Camp Freedom in Homestead, Florida from July 23rd to July 27th. Remember, full payments will be due by July 10th and you can register your child outside at the welcome desk after service. Don't worry. Don't fear. Talent show is here. On Friday, July 7th at 7 p.m., all the South District Open Bible Churches are coming together to host a talent showcase. The price will be $10 for adults and $5 for kids 12 and under. And remember, all the proceeds are going towards youth camp. <sighs> Carrie Ann, what's wrong? Oh, Danelle, I'm so worried about my financial future. I don't know what I'm going to do five years from now. Don't worry, Carrie Ann. Just come out to the financial seminar on June 25th to learn more about wills, trusts, and investments and better your financial future. Thanks, Danelle. Attention parents, the most exciting week of the summer is coming up. Can you guess what that week is? VBS, of course. That's right. This year's VBS theme is Maker Fun Factory. So sign your kids up after service for a small fee of just $15. VBS will be held from July 10th to July 14th at 6.30 p.m. to 9 o'clock p.m. Bring your kids out for a fun-filled week where they'll learn more about God's Word in a new way. That's all we have for you today. Thanks for tuning in and, and have, have a blessed day. day. Amen, amen, amen. Praise the Lord. At this time, 
Is Sister Philando here? She has an announcement. Would you please come? Good morning, church. Happy Father's Day to all the fathers. So this morning I'm up here because I am, I'm, I'm trying to speak to the youth this morning. Tuesday, June 20th, I'm speaking to all the youth, that is middle schoolers and high schoolers. I need you guys to come out. We have a fantastic special guest coming out, Officer Robin Wiener, okay? And she'll be talking about um, different things. One of the most important things is when your kids get stopped, what should they do? How should they act? Who should they be talking to? How should they be reacting to officers when they stop them and they're driving? Now, a lot of our youngsters are now driving. They're 15, 16. They got their permit. Some of them have their license, okay? And they need to know the right way and how they should react when they get stopped by cops. So, our sister is going to come out. That's Officer Robin Wiener. And she'll have lots of information for you guys. But come also with your questions. Also, I'm speaking to the college um, youngsters, well, young people that are out there that want to get more information on how they need to act, what responsibilities they have when they're driving their cars, who should be in their cars, and they should make sure of what's getting in their car and what's coming out of their cars. So please come out, youth, Tuesday, this Tuesday at 7 p.m. Let's come and worship together and congregate together, but also be informed. Thank you. My name is Simone Pierce. I am 13 years old, the eldest out of four children, and I have the best dad. I personally know him as dad, and the rest of the world knows him as Christopher Pierce. He is supportive, funny, hardworking, loving, and caring. And being a father requires a man to be brave, competitive, strong, and supportive. And by him showing up to all my graduations and ceremonies shows that he exceeds them all. Not only does he provide for everything that we need and anything that we need, but he's always there whenever we need him. And I truly believe that I'm the luckiest daughter to have him as a father. Christopher Peer. Happy Father's Day. I'm grateful to God for sending my dad in my life because my dad helps me to understand how the world works and how I can help to make myself a better person and how I can help the lives of others and people that live in this world. I'm grateful to my dad because he's helped me find my path and also helped me in my walk with God. I'm glad that I've been able to meet him and that he's in my life and he's here to stay. I'd like to thank my dad for being there for me. Um, I thank him for so much he's done for me in my life. Been there as a father, as a role model. And 
I just want to say that I love you and happy Father's Day. Having him as a father figure means a lot to me. He took on a very important role and I want him to know that I really appreciate him. He exemplifies a God-fearing man. He is loving, gentle, helpful, and always encouraging. On this day, I want to say that I appreciate him and I love him. Happy Father's Day, Brother Arnold. Brother Brown means a lot to me because he's always there for me no matter what. Um, he never says no. He's always willing to help me with whatever I have to do, whatever I'm going through. So I really appreciate that about him. He's always willing to um, buy me ice cream. He doesn't say, you have a job, you can't buy yourself your own ice cream. So I'm thankful for that. And also because he lets me call him by his government name across the church premises to let me feel grown. So that's why I love my brother Brown. Hey dad, a few words to describe how much you mean to me is kind of hard, but I'm gonna try anyways. You're the most inconspicuous, comedic, but loving and generous father. You sacrificed so much for our family and me, and I couldn't thank you anymore for everything you've done for us. I love you, dad. Hi dad, it's your youngest here. I just want to wish you a very happy Father's Day and I want to tell you I love you. Thank you for inspiring me. Thank you for encouraging me to be the best version of myself that I can be and for being the most fun-loving dad I've ever seen. Thanks for being the best dad ever. I love you. So my birthday is June 15th. And this year, Father's Day falls on June 18th. So, what better Father's Day gift than me? I mean, what can I say about the guy who taught me how to eat mangoes properly, taught me how to climb trees and plant them? Dad, I know that this video cannot capture how I truly feel about you, but I just want to say that I love you from your only and favorite daughter. <laughs> Bye. From Troop 463, we want to wish you Happy Father's Day! Hallelujah. Happy Father's Day to everyone, all the fathers in the house. And uh, I'm switching gears from fatherhood to something else, the leadership. Um, we, are, we have the opportunity in the church to partner with Willow Creek Association in the, what is considered the leadership conference in America. And so we are going to be able to partner with them, and we want you to be aware of that so that you can join us on August the 10th and 11th to be a part of this very special leadership seminar. So if you're a business person, if you're a leader, if you are uh, interested in leadership, this is the seminar to be a part of. And uh, in association with Willow Creek, we're bringing that right here. Uh, we've had, it's going to be a live satellite presentation. And uh, you're going to, there are people that you may see on, as a video presentation I'm going to give. You may know them or you, you may not know them. But these are the people who are the top leaders in the, in the world today who are going to be speaking at these seminars. So this is really if you want to be at a leadership seminar, this is the one to be at. And we are blessed to be able to be a part of that. 
And uh, they've sent us the satellite dish. They've installed it. It's up and running. We've tested it. And so you can, in your, in your package, in your programs today, you will find a handout where you can sign up to be a part of that seminar. Now, one very important thing is, we think the seminar is so critical that we have brought the price down. It usually, be, if, you, if you went there, it would be $189, plus airfare, plus hotel, and all the different things. But we have a special rate with them for $89 per person. And here's what we've done. We further reduced that to $50 per person. So we subsidize it between the region and the district. We figured that this is so important for our leaders that we reduce, we subsidize it, and we bring it down to $50 per person for two days, August 10th and 11th. And if you register by July 10th, it will be $50. After July 10th, it goes to $119. So there's an opportunity for you to do that in your program. You have the opportunity to fill the back of it and leave it at a welcome desk, and uh, we'll get you registered for this seminar. So here, here we go so you can get an idea what it's all about. So let's get ready. We are committed to a singular idea that inspired, encouraged, and equipped Christian leaders create thriving local churches passionate about redeeming their communities for Christ. This is the heartbeat of Willow Creek Association. Everyone has influence. The question isn't whether you have influence. The question is whether you are stewarding it or not. We believe the local church is the hope of the world, but only when it's working right. And for it to work right, it must be well-led. The stakes are high. This is why the Global Leadership Summit was born. The summit is a two-day world-class experience for serious-minded leaders who want to get better. It is intellectually rigorous, it is creatively inspiring, and the summit is unapologetically Christ-centered. Every year, WCA carefully curates a faculty of top leadership experts across a variety of sectors. Church, business, nonprofit, academic, and government. Because we believe that leaders can learn from anyone. An aspect that sets the summit apart is our intention to engage not just a leader's mind, but also their heart. Leaders don't just leave equipped, they leave inspired. For many of the two million leaders we've trained, the summit is not just one of many leadership experiences they have each year, it's the experience. So each year, hundreds of host sites step up and partner with us to leverage the summit and impact leaders in their church and community. There is something powerful that happens when leaders gather in their own context, and we believe that in this shared experience, everyone wins when a leader gets better. At WCA, we have a deep conviction that it's unacceptable for geography or economic means to limit leaders' access to the Global Leadership Summit. Every church that hosts, every individual who attends, every person who gives, makes it possible for leaders around the world to have access to the summit who wouldn't otherwise. This is why the Global Leadership Summit takes place in 1,375 plus cities, 128 countries, and 60 languages, so that leaders across the globe can experience the summit in their own unique cultural context. The summit is an unprecedented movement of Christian leaders making lasting change in the world. In the decades to come, it will become even more critical that the local church is working right. 
The church is still God's plan to redeem and restore our broken world. And it all starts when God transforms a leader. Okay, so that's a little bit about who, what the leadership uh, summit is about. And uh, as you can see, if you don't know some of those people, the president of the CEO of GE was one of those speakers, Condoleezza Rice. So they get the top people in government, business, and academia all around. This is a conference that you don't want to miss. And we thought it was so important that we subsidize the $50 per person. You want to capitalize on it, and you got to sign up before August the 10th. So in your, July the 10th, sorry. So here in your, in your program today, you have the, this flyer right there, and it's on the back of it. You can fill it out and complete it and leave it at the welcome desk. Thank you very much. God bless. Okay, Buster, you can put your laptop away and please come back. We have some special um, presentations this morning, and we want to make a presentation to our spiritual father. And so we welcome Pastor Carl back to the stage, and we ask Mr. Kufre and Mr. Jonathan, they would come forth. And Reverend Rampasad, please stand by. And Reverend Edwards, Pastor, please come, sir. Come on, honor our spiritual fathers. Salute. Good morning, Living Word. Can I get a round of applause for all the fathers today? Thank you, thank you. Pastor, on behalf of the ladies of Living Word Open Bible Church, happy Father's Day. I'd like to present you with a small token of our, our eternal gratitude for having you as our spiritual father. Good morning, church. <laughs> On behalf of the whole church, Brother Rampersai, happy Father's Day, and we would like to give you a small token of our appreciation. morning. Happy Father's Day. Good morning. Um, we just want to honor the men in our midst, and there are three that we have selected to honor. Deacon Kenneth, Hamer Kenneth Williams. Ken, on behalf of the ladies and the church, would like to thank you for all you do to make us comfortable and safe. We appreciate you. Okay. And the next one, Deacon Keith Hamilton. He's probably outside driving. He's working. 
Brother Tony does so much around here. He is an all-arounder, and we just love and appreciate him for all that he does. The next person we'd like to appreciate for is Brother Denton Hall. And I'd just like to say something about Brother Denton. See how quiet Brother Denton is? Every first Saturday, Brother Denton is religiously at the outreach. He comes, he's always on time. He not only comes by himself, he brings his wife and his family and he also brings friends. He is dependable, he's reliable. Brother Denton has been holding it down for the move for years and we'd like to encourage, we'd like to see other men come alongside to help the ladies so that we can feel safe. Brother Denton, we love, we appreciate you, and we thank you for all that you do, not just for Living Word, but for the community. Amen. Thank you. Amen. Thank you. This is your brother. Amen. Give it up for the man in our midst. Amen. Praise the Lord. And thank you, ladies and all those. Amen. Now, we want to give away a gift. Who is the newest dad in the house? Newest dad. I mean the youngest baby with the youngest baby here. We're not... No one? Oh, is he here? He's the one with the youngest baby here? Okay. How old is the baby? That's Brother Amala. You. Oh, no other youngest baby? Okay. All right. Give it up for him. Okay. Give it up. Brother Amal, youngest baby, we know that's one. We don't know how many more you're going to go. But for now, <laughs> on behalf of the woman of Living Word and the church, we want to give this gift to you as a Father's Day. You'll find it very useful. God bless you. All right. <laughs> Amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. I have one more announcement for you men. Please listen up. And then for the others that are not here, if you listen up for them and tell them, the men's ministry presentation, remember, this Friday evening, men's ministry fundraiser. How many of you men remember that? Men and young men. Do you all remember? Okay. Men's ministry, they will be having their fundraiser this, this Saturday, not Friday, as I said, this Saturday, 430 to 7.30, okay? And I think, Brother Thames, maybe you will say it better for them to the men. You want to? Okay, all right, that's fine. Okay, 
there, of course, let me just continue. There will be food, games, and you will be seeing a movie. The movie is called Grace Card. Grace Card. And so your contribution is $10 for adults and $6 for children under 12. So if you haven't signed up or even paid your contribution yet, they're doing it today outside. Are there tickets being sold? I understand. So you can get your tickets at the bookstore, and their sister Eileen has some tickets too. Remember, $10, that's the men fundraiser. $10 for adults, $6 for children under 12. And there will be food. And you know when living, we talk about food. It's food. Food, food, exponential food, okay? And games. So please do sign up and let them know. And please give your contribution in today if you can. Amen? Amen. At this time, we have Brother Thames as he comes. Pastor Francis, please come. Before I do this, may I ask every man in the house, please stand. So, on behalf of the men's ministry, we would like to say thank you very much for your leadership, your character, your commitment, your courage. And sir, you have stretched us to the point where we want to be better leaders. Thank you very much for all you have done for us. And for me, I appreciate it. Amen. Ushers, would you come by? And for the men who you, we didn't call you up here, we didn't give you a gift, you're not left out. We have something for each of you. So would the ushers, will you come, please? And then we're going to ask all the men to come up and take a gift. The basket, yes. Not the time for the offering, but the basket. I'm going to ask all the fathers if you would come and take something from the basket. All the fathers, if you can start coming, please take something from the basket.
Amen. Amen. Happy Father's Day to all the fathers. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. The dance team is ready. Yes. Let's welcome the LWBC dance group at this time. Amen. As they come to honor our fathers with a dance.
Amen. Praise the Lord. Great job. Great job. And for those who work with them, Miss Camille, Miss Dana, Mr. Chenille, give it up for them too. They're doing a great job. We thank God for this. Ushers, would you come by at this time as we continue in worship with our tithes and offerings? And I want to welcome back team. Um, we want to welcome back Troop 465. Amen. I see them back. They're back. I know. The scouts, they're back. Welcome back, Brother Peter. They were away for a week. And we want to give God thanks. He kept them and bring them back safely. Amen. And now it's time for the word. God has sent a word to us today. And I want to take this opportunity and welcome to the podium none other than Pastor Diary Francis as she comes with the word. So Pastor, get a chance to take notes today. Man, Pastor Cara. Amen. Happy Father's Day to all the dads and to all those who act in the role of fathers, even though you may not be a natural father. We want to bless all of you in the name of the Lord. I want to uh, honor the pastor of the house for giving up this pulpit today. Give him a hand. 
It takes a real man to do that. <laughs> and so I feel very humbled um, coming here to stand um, before all of you. And uh, in case you have little ickies about women preaching, I hate to tell you, the bearer of the resurrection was a woman. Hello. That went to tell the men who ran away. So ladies and gentlemen, it was Jesus who gave her that mission. So if you're a man or a woman who have issues today with that, just close your eyes. Don't look at who is up here and just listen and do what the word says. Amen. So it's just a great um, privilege and an honor. And then, as I said, I'm really humbled to be standing here today. It's a very special day. And we want to honor the fathers in the house, those that will be fathers and so forth. And we thank God for all the ladies. And we just want the fathers to know that after the spiritual food in here, we have a great feast outside for you. It's an international feast. So if you don't like island food, you don't have to worry. We will have American food too. Amen? But it is just for the dads. The families can join you after you leave church. But today we are just catering to the dads. Okay? So please cooperate with us and Wayside Cafe is open if you really feel desperate ladies and children but this is for the dads today amen praise God the Lord sent a word and it's not always often that it is so easy to find a title or to know what God wants you to speak usually you labor waiting on him but it's funny he woke me up and he gave me a title the title you see there the most understood Father. And I had to shake my head and I'm like, really? I've never heard a message like that before. I don't even know if anyone ever preached one like that before. But if God sent it, God has a reason. But even before I get into that, I just want to welcome my favorite doctor in all the world and his wife, Dr. Benjamin and Mrs. Benjamin. Nice to have you. God bless you. Happy Father's Day. It's good to see you. And where's Jason? Tell, him, tell Jason I asked for him. All right. So we're glad you're here today. Thank you for taking time from your busy schedule. And I will say if you want a really good OBGYNE doctor, he's sitting right there. He's a good man, a smart man. Amen? With a good wife. All right. So let's get in the Word of God. The title is The Most Misunderstood Dad. And, uh, you know, pastor is very good at giving jokes. I am not good at it, so I don't really try it, but just in honor of pastor and Dr. Benjamin, guess what? I have a doctor joke, and I didn't know you were coming, so the Lord put that one in there, so no personal offense, but um, this one is about a census taker. So five years old, Becky, and I think it must have been Miss Hamilton that was up there, answered the door when the census taker came by. She told the census taker that her daddy was a doctor and wasn't home because he was performing an appendectomy. My, said the census taker, that sure is a big word for such a little girl. Do you know what it means? Sure, 1,500 bucks, and that don't even include the anesthesiologist. All right, some of you can get that after lunch, as pastor would say. Amen. But as we think of the most misunderstood father, I want to share a, a brief story with you. And 
pastor did this story many years ago. I don't know how many of you pay attention, but as soon as I found it, I remembered. But it's such a very poignant story. And it illustrates something about what I'll be talking about today. On December 7th, 1988, and many of you may remember in the news, some of you weren't born yet, an earthquake devastated the northwestern section of Armenia, killing an estimated 25,000 people. In one small town, just after the earthquake, a father rushed to his son's school only to find that the school had been flattened. There was no sign of life. But he had no thought of turning back. He had often told his son, no matter what, I'll always be there when you need me. Though his prospects appeared hopeless, the father began feverishly removing rubble from where he believed his son's classroom had been. Other forlorn parents only wailed hopelessly. My son or my daughter. Some told the father to go home, that there was no chance that any of the children could be alive. Yet he replied, I made my son a promise that I'd be there for him anytime he needed me. I must continue to dig. Courageously, he worked alone. No one volunteered to help him. He simply had to know for himself, is my boy alive or is he dead? Finding strength and endurance beyond himself, the faithful, loving father continued to dig for eight hours, 12, 24, 36 hours. Then in the 38th hour, as he heaved away a heavy piece of rubble, he heard voices. Armand, he screamed. A child's voice responded. Dad, it's me, Armand. Then I told the other kids not to worry. I told them that if you were alive, you'd save me. And when you saved me, they'd be saved. You promised you'd always be there for me. You did it, Dad. Moments later, the dad was helping his son, Armand, and 13 more frightened, hungry, and thirsty boys and girls climb out of the debris. Free at last. When the building collapsed, these children had been speared in a tent-like pocket. When the townspeople praised Armand's dad, his explanation was, I promise my son, no matter what, I'll be there for you. Let's bow our heads. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you have sent a word for your people today. As we think of this story and we consider the most misunderstood dad, I pray that our hearts would be open to hear from you, that you, rele you would release faith to be mixed with the hearing of your word, that it would be life-transforming for us. Father, many may be hurting today because the memory of Father's Day is not positive for them. Some have experienced hurts, pains, rejection. But today, Father, we thank you that you're the greatest Father and you offer love and healing. You offer acceptance to all. And we need not remain in our state without hope. But as this child in the most hopeless situation believed his dad's word, so may we receive your word today because you're the greatest God, dad, yet the most misunderstood in all the earth. 
So, Lord, give us ears to hear what the Spirit will say to us today. And may your words be medicine and healing, life and hope to each one that's here today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I guess I'm supposed to operate this thing. Let's see if I get it right. Okay, so we did that. Let me tell you a little bit about a father, the title father. And uh, you heard the children speak in the video to their dads. And those of you who are left out, maybe your children weren't available. I know they love you, even though they weren't on the screen saying, calling out your name. They love you, so don't feel bad. You just have to bring them to church all the time. And on Tuesdays too, amen? Family night. All right. The, the use of the title um, father especially related to God himself, because there are over a thousand uses of the word father in the Bible. But Father God, that title is used 308 times in the Bible. In the Old Testament, it's used 213 times. And in the New Testament, 93 times. I was very shocked, because I've read the Bible many times. I've read the Gospel of Matthew many times. I've lost count. And I'd never noticed how repetitious the term father was. I know it's there, but it never caught my eye. If you can believe with me that the term father, referring to God, was used 31 times in just one gospel. And then in chapter 6 alone of Matthew, it was used 12 times. Now, I believe if God causes something to be repeated so many times, it must be of great significance to us. And so uh, some of you have Bibles that have subheadings. And I just thought I would look at chapter 6 and tell you some of the subheadings there. Because in it, there are 12 references to God the Father directly by title. And in it, he tells us how we ought to live, how we ought to do our charitable deeds, how we should pray, and even the most famous prayer in all the world, what we call the Lord's Prayer, but it really wasn't the Lord's Prayer. It was the Lord's model to us of how we can pray. So everyone can pray because God has given us a model, and that's not the prayer. It's just a skeleton, like when you're building a house and you have the structure but then you have to put in blocks or wood and concrete and tiles and electrical fixtures. You add to the structure. So he gives us a structure in which we can pray so no one has an excuse. Then it talks about how to fast. It talks about how we are to lay up our treasures in heaven. Because some of us have it very comfortable here, and so we often don't think about heaven. But he actually references heaven and sending up treasures to heaven. Because hopefully that's where each of us wants to go. He talks about the eye being the lamp of the body. It was the eye through the eye that the first family sinned. And today we struggle with issues of sin. Because the first woman looked and she saw and it looked good. And so she defied what God said mistrusted, disobeyed his commands, and today, ladies, we're subject to the men. Happy Father's Day, man. Then Jesus warns us in this same chapter, 
one chapter. We can't serve God and mammon. And this culture has put such a pressure on families. We compare ourselves by what we have, not who we are in Christ. So, so many feel insignificant because they don't feel they compare with their neighbors or their neighbor's possession or their neighbor's achievements, but not so with God. Mammon always has a bad rap. Then, what bothers many of us today, the issue of worry, anxiety over our future, over our present, over our past, and its impact on us and on the generations. Jesus issues a command, same chapter, don't worry. And he gives the antidote for worry. We don't need to worry. We can trust our Heavenly Father. And one of the most famous verses of the Bible that gives us direction is in that chapter. Matthew 6, 33. Many of you know it by heart. One year, that was our key verse for the year. It says, making God first priority. And so we see in Matthew 6, 33, for instance, seek first the kingdom of God. Not riches, not education, not security, but the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And there's a promise. Everything else that we need will be added to us. So just in this one chapter in Matthew, we see all these references to the Father and his instructions to us. But that's not what I'm focusing on today. I'm focusing on the most misunderstood Father. And so, let's get to our next slide. How do we misunderstand the Father? And some of you can identify with this in your own natural life. All of us have had fathers. Maybe some have not been present. There may have been a stepfather or a surrogate father, an uncle who acted as father in your life. And many times we nurture negative and inaccurate thoughts. We do the same with God. Some of those thoughts include the fact that we just look at him as judge. He's Lord ruler. He's harsh. He's quick to punish. He's angry. Some people think God is angry all the time. And then some think he doesn't answer prayers. So what's the point? And I jot those two verses there just in case I forget. Those guarantee us that if we pray according to God's way, we will receive answers to prayer. But I'll address that later on also. So the real issue is, in spite of our misconceptions, in spite of our negative thoughts that we may nurture, some of them secretly, some of them uh, publicly, because maybe we don't feel God has been to us as a father what we think he should be. The question is, who is he as a father? What is the truth about him? Because that's what we want. The scripture says, you shall know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Do you want to be free today? This is the truth. So I'll be walking you through the scripture. So the truth is, God is our father. And we just talked about the references in Matthew chapter 6. And even the children, they sang, you are perfect in all your ways. It's who I am. And God loves us as we are. So he is our father. And those of you who have had good father, what a wonderful blessing it has been. But I also submit that you can learn how to do it differently if you have had a bad father or father you think that's bad. That's the way to learn how not to do it. 
God is not only our father. Jesus said that. He said it more than once. In the same chapter, he says, our father. And the prayer begins with, not dear God. It begins with, our father. Can you say that? Our father who art in heaven. That's a different relationship. I loved my father with all my heart. As a matter of fact, as a naughty six-year-old, I told my mom, my heart is too small for two people. I did. You're a nice person, but I only have room for my dad. But I'm so glad that when Jesus came into my life and I saw what women go through, my mother got that spot. But it took many years. My father was my idol. Literally, he was my idol. And I could go to my father because I have a relationship, even though he was strict. But I love him, and I knew he loved me. And our father God, he's a great God. And as we go along, you will see. Though the world treats him as judge, as mean, as harsh, but he's merciful and gracious. And I searched for several scriptures. I didn't put all of them that said he's merciful and gracious. I just put several of them that you could believe that he is. This is the truth about him. He's merciful and gracious. He's long-suffering. He abounds in goodness and truth. He keeps his mercy to thousands. Some translation says thousands of generations. He forgives iniquity and sin. He's not waiting with a big stick. Then he's gracious again. Another scripture in Psalm. He's full of compassion. You'd never believe the way some people treat him. He's actually slow to anger and great in mercy. Again, he's compassionate and merciful. He's gracious. He's long-suffering. He's abundant in mercy and truth. And then he's love. His compassion is founded on his love. Because he loves, he exercises compassion and goodness. Just like many times you remember when you were growing up. It's not because you were good, but because your parents love you. Your daddy loves you. So when you got in trouble, sometimes he even covered for you so you didn't get the whooping. Or he may have whooped you, but you know it was love. He showed compassion because he loved. All of that is modeled from God. Because God loves, he's compassionate. And everyone, would you say this verse with me? And I kind of switched your translation because this is so today. So can we say that God is love? John 3.16. For this is how, everybody, you can read it from the screen. Is it on your screen? Okay, then let's read together. For this is how God loved the world. He gave his one and only son so that everyone who believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. This is how much he loves. I would not give one of my two sons. And if I had a dozen, I wouldn't give one of them. Yet God gave his only son because he loves that much. Yes, he's love. Look at this passage in Jeremiah. It says, yes, I have loved you. God is saying that to you today. Fathers, mothers, young people, children. Maybe nobody ever told you that they love you. As much as I love my dad, I never heard that word from him all my life. They just never talked that way. They just did it. We try to raise our children differently using the love word. So I used to play games with my kids, and I would say, I love you this much. 
And they would respond, I love you this much. Just kidding, this much. I encourage you parents who still have children in your life to tell them that you love them. So here's God telling us, yes, I've loved you with an everlasting love. Therefore, with loving kindness, I've drawn you. God is saying that to us today. He's not waiting with a big stick. Then he's also faithful. And I like what somebody's doing. Take a picture because you're not going to remember this, but you'll need it to encourage you along the way. When negative thoughts come about God and about your situation, if you have these, you go back and read them. He forgives sins. God knew that we would sin, folks. It started in the garden. And he made a way right there and then. He slaughtered a lamb to cover the sinful couple, an innocent lamb, which was really a type of what he was going to do. He was going to take his righteous, innocent son, and he was going to die for your sins and for mine so that we could be reconciled with him, so that we could write our relationship with him because we couldn't please him in our sins. And so it says in the scriptures, if we sin, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. No one needs to hold their sins. Father, maybe you feel today that you never measured up. Maybe you feel today there are gaps in your parenthood. But it's not a day to be discouraged. There's good news. You can confess that to God and move on. And then he says, if we sin, we have an advocate with the Father. He set it up. Jesus Christ the righteous. And he is a propitiation for our sins. And not only for us, but for the entire world. Anyone that would receive him. God is the provider. Again, see Matthew 6 showing up. He's the provider. Many of us quote Philippians 4.19. My God shall supply. Who is that God? Father God. Father God. And then in Matthew 6 and verse 32 he says, You don't need to worry. I don't need to worry about all my needs. Because it says in Matthew 6, 32, our heavenly father already knows. Folks, we can't inform God about our situation. He knows before we were even conceived. He knew what we'd look like. He gifted us. He knew every experience that we'd go through. And he made provision for us to have the victory. He is a father that is most misunderstood. Because you'd never imagine all these things. And yet, he gets the bad rap. Not just from sinners, but sometimes the saints give Father God the bad rap. He's a healer. Maybe you're here today and you need inner healing. Maybe you need physical healing. He's all of those and a lot more. I couldn't put all of it because we'd not get out of here today. As John says, if everything was to be written about what Jesus did, there would be no room in the world to store all those books. And we have a time, you know, it's America. So we can't stay all day. But he's the healer. He sent his word to heal our sickness, our disease, not just physically, but our emotional trials. Many of you feel wounded from childhood. You're fathers and you don't know how to do it because you say, I've never seen it modeled. But God wants to heal all of that. God wants to make us whole. That's his purpose. He said, by stripes, we're healed. And I love Exodus 15. It's one of my favorites. He says that when we obey his word, none of the plagues of the Egyptian shall come nigh us. We can stand upon the word when we obey him. Amen? And so that's part of who he is. 
He's not just that, he's holy. And so what he calls us to do is to be like him. That's why he has rules, boundaries, boundaries. Even our homes, we have boundaries. There's a room for mom and dad if there's mom and dad. There's a place called kitchen. There's a place called bathroom. We don't go cook in the bathroom, do we? And how many of you get your kids to take in food up in their room? Hello? Talk back to me. You said no food in your room, right? Those are boundaries. God has established boundaries for us. The boundaries are to protect us. We're going to bring all sort of stuff in our room, not just with the food stuff. We're going to follow the food. So God has boundaries to protect us, to keep us safe, to keep us in the right relationship, to make us secure on our way to be with him. Do not to restrict, but to protect and to guide. But greatest of all, he's not just all those, he's also a redeemer and our savior. And let's read what John 3 and verse 17 says. New Living Translation. Can you read with me? It says, God sent his son into the world not to, not to, say it again, not to, but to save the world through him. He didn't have to, but he so much wants to be in a relationship with us. And then I love the next verse in Romans 8, Romans 5 verse 8. It says, God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us. Look, while we were still what? Sinners. So if he loved us so much while we were sinners, not serving him, party animals, ignoring him, in full of intellectualism and self-righteousness and pride, and he loved us so much to send his only son, what do you think he'll do for us now that we're his kids? You see, my parents used to cook, my mom, and then the neighbors would smell it. And in the country, if you're from the country, they just start passing by. Hello, Miss Brown. How are you today? It's not a hello. It's can I get some? Sometimes you'd share us out. So we didn't like them passing when the food is just finished. It means it's going to be cut. And there were nine of us. Hello, plus dad. And mom, but God is not like that. He sends his love to us even when we didn't care about him. And when we come to him, I want you to know he doesn't love us anymore. He doesn't love us anymore, not a bit more. Not a bit more. Let's move on. So, how about this deal with answers to prayer? In everything, there are prerequisites. Come on. You go to the grocery store. You have to carry your money. You pick up your stuff. You have to join a line. You can't cut in front of everybody. There are rules. You're in the traffic. You've got to wait your turn. If you cut in front of somebody and a police officer sees you, what's going to happen? You're going to be ticketed. I saw some really wise person in front of me doing like this. The light is red. The officer just went, ching, ching over. That's kind of dumb. You know what I'm saying? There are rules. So God has rules about how he answers prayers. And one of them is he responds to prayers of what? Faith. 
The scripture says without faith, it is impossible. Talk to me, church. We're Pentecostal. It is impossible to please God. He responds to persistence. How many of you confess that you've given into your children because they were going to nag you to death? Tell the truth. You're in church now. They wouldn't stop. They ask you the first time and you said no. And they come and they pull your sleeve and they pull your skirt and they touch your pants. Oh, please, daddy, please. And you want to get rid of them. What did you do? Sometimes it wasn't the best thing for them. God responds to persistence. And you need to write these references down because some of you need to go and read it. Then he responds to prayers with the right motives. God is not interested in us just getting stuff for stuff's sake. God is into goodness. God is into charity. God wants us to have the right motive. So, for instance, my son says, Mom, pray for me that I, I get a million dollars. I'm like, never. He says, why? God hears your prayers. I said, never. It would destroy you. What, Mom? My life would be so much better. I could tithe to the church. That heathen. <laughs> I love him. I'm like, yeah, you won't even remember God. One million dollars, you buy a fast car, get some girl, put a big ring on her finger, and we don't see her for a while. <laughs> no, never. So sometimes we go to God with these prayers. God knows the end from the beginning. We don't know. Can you see the tip of your nose? I've tried. I can't. I have to take a mirror to see it. We can't see anything. But we misunderstood our father. Because many times he's protecting us. So he doesn't answer our prayers the way we've asked him. Because he knows it is harmful. But we pout and angry and act up. Like children throwing tantrum. Oh, you don't love me anymore. I'm not going to serve him because... He didn't answer me. I didn't get into the college I want to go. I wanted a promotion he never gave me. He knew who would, who would be your boss and that you'd be fired or laid off. So he protected you in your safe position. And in the fullness of time, if that's what's for you, he will open the way. He responds to prayers from hearts free of sin. The scripture says if we have iniquity in our heart, the Lord will not hear us. Isaiah 59, verse 1 and 2 says, God is not deaf. His hands are not short. But it says our, prayer, our sins and our iniquities have put a block between us and God. So we cry out to him, but our sins block our prayers from going up. So we have to check ourselves before we start judging our wonderful Heavenly Father, who is so gracious and so full of love. And then I want to let you know, he does give the best to his children who ask. He does. And you can read it right there in the book. It is right there. He gives the best to his children who ask. So how does he see us? Do we misunderstand who he is? How does he see us? I want you to read that with me. God sees us as beloved sons and daughters beloved he sees us as heirs of god read with me folks and joint heirs with christ he sees us as conquerors he sees us as part of the body of christ his son he created us 
just a little lower than the angels. This is an exact quote from the scripture, a little lower than the angels. Think of how powerful the angels are. One angel slew 183,000 people in battle. One angel. And he created us just a little below. He sees us as his ambassadors. Many times in the news we hear about ambassadors. Each party that comes into power has new ambassadors that's supposed to represent the country and the government. He sees us as his ambassadors, taking his message, the gospel of the kingdom to others in our sphere of influence. What does he desire? Number one, in all of these things, he desires to build a personal relationship with us. Listen carefully. Because some of us have accepted it a long time ago, but we're not having a growing relationship. What he wants is an ever-growing, healthy relationship with us. That's God's desire. God's desire is that we'll come into the image of Christ so we can spend all of eternity with him. But here on earth is practice time. He wants to be in that personal relationship. And that's the reason why he sent his son. He could have just wiped us out. And he could have created a new set of people. But he chose not to. He chose to sacrifice his most precious gift. Just so we could build a relationship with him. Then he also wants us to bear fruit. I know many of you here are gardeners. And when you plant, you expect to have fruit. You go inspect your trees. Is there any blossom on your mango? Is there any blossom on your ackee tree, on your avocado? Or maybe you don't plant trees. You have flowers and you expect them to bloom. You planted them for a purpose, not just to take up space or to waste your time. God wants us to bear much fruit. He also wants us to love one another because we build our faith in the community of other believers. And we're going to have issues. We'll have issues in the home. Mom and dad are not necessarily the same. They come from different backgrounds. But we have to get along. And it starts at home. Then we come to the bigger home, the church of God. Then in our community, on our jobs. He wants us to love one another. And he wants us to love not because people are like us. That would be boring. We're different. And we are to accept and love each other as we are. Focusing more on ourselves being changed rather than somebody else. Because that's our tendency. We misunderstand our father. He wants the best out of us. He wants to prosper us. He wants us to be in good health. He's not there to beat us down. Then he wants us to share the good news. To live in such a way that when our neighbors, our family members who don't know him see our lives, they will say, show us the way. Show us the way. And that has happened. Our friends will ask us to show them the way. Ultimately, his plan is that we'll never be separated from him. But he's holy, he's righteous, his kingdom cannot countenance sin or uncleanness. So all of this preparation is to prepare us to reign with him. That's his ultimate desire, that we may reign with him. So, what about his plans for us? And many of us like to quote this, but in hard times we forget. 
He says, for I know, can you read that one with me too? For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. Their plans are good and not for disaster, to give you a future and a hope. Can someone tell me what's negative about that plan? Is there something negative about that plan? Does that sound like something that wants to harm you and to put you down? Is there anybody in the house? Hello? Is there anything wrong with that plan? It sounds like a wonderful plan. That the one who created the universe and controls all things, who sees the beginning before it even happens and the ending, he has such a wonderful plan not to harm us, but to give us a future and a hope. And I love this other one. Many of you may not be familiar with this one from Jeremiah chapter 6. Let's read it together. This is what the Lord says. Stop at the crossroads. Look around. Ask for the old godly way and walk in it. Travel its path and you will find rest for your souls. What a promise. I want to challenge us today. Many of us came from situations of righteousness. Our, our, our parents were, our grandparents were. Some of you could tell how many generations. Some of them even donated land to build churches. And the scripture is saying to us today, I know many of you don't believe this was in the Bible. But the Lord put it or put it there for them to read it. And it says, stop at the crossroads. Life is filled with many crossroads. Every time we come to a decision, Every time that we come that we have to consider what's our next move, that's the crossroad. And God is saying to us, stop and look, look, look around, look at where you're coming from, look at your heritage. What did your father and your mother, what did your grandfather leave for you? What did your great grandfather leave for you? And he says, ask for the old godly way. Folks, God has not changed. He has not changed. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And it doesn't matter what the culture is saying to you. It doesn't matter how the culture is pulling you. God's standards are still the same. And unless we stop, unless we look around, unless we ask for the old godly way and walk in it, We'll never be able to raise our children to do the same. We have to travel that path. It's not a path of compromise. Sometimes there's pain in learning. Pastor often tells his story about grating the coconut in the country. And many of you have long forgotten that. And some of you, you're too young to know about grating any coconut anyway. But he talked about grating his knuckle, but the thought of the pudding that was going to come and courage. So in our discipline, because we know there's a future with a hope, and God promises that as we travel the path, we'll find rest for our souls. Remember, he's the God that has a great promise for us, a plan for a hope and a plan for a future. I'm asking technology to be ready right after this. As a loving father... He reminds us, my child, don't take light of the Lord's discipline and don't give up when he corrects you. For the Lord disciplines those he loves 
and he punishes each one that he accepts as a child. Whoever heard of a child who is never disciplined by its father? Since we respected our earthly fathers who disciplined us, shouldn't we submit even more to the discipline of the father of our spirits and live forever? He's the most misunderstood father. you are about to experience are true. They will change your life if you let them. For they come from the very heart of God. He loves you. And He is the Father you have been looking for all your life. This is His love letter. for your future has always been filled with hope because I love you with an everlasting love. My thoughts toward you are countless as the sand on the seashore and I rejoice over you with singing. I will never stop doing good to you for you are my treasured possession. I desire to establish you with all my heart and all my soul and I want to show you great and marvelous things. If you seek me with all your heart, you will find me. Delight in me and I will give you the desires of your heart. 
for it is I who gave you those desires. I am able to do more for you than you could possibly imagine, for I am your greatest encourager. I am also the Father who comforts you in all your troubles. When you are brokenhearted, I am close to you. As a shepherd carries a lamb, I have carried you close to my heart. One day, I will wipe away every tear from your eyes, and I'll take away all the pain you have suffered on this earth. I am your Father, and I love you even as I love my Son Jesus. For in Jesus, my love for you is revealed. He is the exact representation of my being. He came to demonstrate that I am for you, not against you, and to tell you that I am not counting your sins. Jesus died so that you and I could be reconciled. His death was the ultimate expression of my love for you. I gave up everything I loved that I might gain your love. If you receive the gift of my son Jesus, you receive me. And nothing will ever separate you from my love again. Come home and I'll throw the biggest party heaven has ever seen. I have always been father and will always be father. My question is, will you be my child? decision will we continue to misunderstand him or will we let the truth set us free for when the truth enters our life can never be the same we can't live mediocre superficial lives he gave too much for us and he desires us too much I invite you today to pause at this moment take a few minutes to reflect and ask God, what would you have me to do? He desires you completely, not partially, not superficially. Can we bow our heads at this time? Savior, like a shepherd lead us. Much we need thy tender care. In thy pleasant pastures feed us. For our use thy foes prepare. Blessed Jesus, blessed Jesus, thou hast bought us, thine we are. We are thine, do thou befriend us. Be the guardian of our way. Keep thy flock from sin, defend us, seek us when we go astray. Thou hast promised to receive us, poor and sinful though we be. Thou hast mercy to relieve us, grace to cleanse and power to free. Early 
let us seek thy favor. Early, let us do thy will. Blessed Lord and only Savior, with thy love our bosoms fill. Blessed Jesus, blessed Jesus, thou hast loved us, love us still. Blessed Jesus, blessed Jesus, thou hast loved us, love us still. Father, we thank you that your word is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. He searches our hearts to the deepest part, even to the intents of our thoughts and our hearts. I ask that none would leave the way they came today, but that would purpose in our hearts to stop, to look around, to choose the godly path, to travel in it, that we may find rest for our souls. I ask you to minister to every father today, especially those who are struggling with issues. I pray that they would not feel condemned, but they would receive your grace, your forgiveness, your peace, your help, and purpose in their heart to be the father you have called them to be, modeling your example. Bless each family represented. Some are moms without dads there to help them. They're fathers and mothers to their children. We ask for courage and faith to do a job depending on you, our Heavenly Father. So instruct each of us. And even those that someday will become fathers, may they take this word to their hearts. May they nurture it. May it transform them that they'd be good fathers like you, God. We thank you for hearing us today. We thank you for each one that's here. And if there's someone here who has never accepted your offer, we pray that today they would say yes to the greatest dad who extends love and kindness. We ask that they would open their hearts and receive you, Father. In the name of Jesus, we give you thanks. Amen. a bad thing to wear mascara when you're going to cry. <laughs> but I didn't plan to cry. It just happens. Can we stand together, please? We're so grateful that you came today. And for all the dads, we pray that you'd sense the love of your family, that you'll be cherished, and that you'd feel nurtured and blessed today. And families, remember, it's not your day. It's dad's day. They work very hard. They deserve to be pampered. Amen. We know we have the devotionals um, in the back at the book table. That's a great way to start out on a new journey, getting the devotional and having family time. It doesn't have to be in the morning. It could be in the afternoon, whatever time works for your family. But to take that positive step, sharing the word of God and praying together and blessing your family. Amen. We encourage you to do that. That's a great thing. As you go out, men, fathers, we want you to enjoy the breakfast that's there. And ladies, please be gracious and let them enjoy the breakfast without feeling guilty. Amen. Let us bow our heads. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord lift up the light of his countenance upon you and give you his peace. And we declare together, surely, 
goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever and ever. Amen. God bless you. Um, 